Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Sexton Lopez. And this is a program that we deliver live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And it is then broadcast on a number of podcast outlets for a replay thereafter. You can also watch the replay on YouTube and Facebook. And by the way, we would love for you to subscribe on YouTube because it helps other people to learn the value and activates the algorithm to show the podcast to other, other people who are looking for help. So this is a program that takes the learning that Nancy and I received over many, many years, decades, in fact, in Nancy's case of facilitating pet loss support groups and brings it now through this medium into a dialogue with, with you. And we like very much to hear from you. And I'll also let you know that we wrote a book and it's really the foundation of the information that we share here and it's available on Amazon. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. As I said, we'd like to dialogue with you. So please send us your questions, your comments, your recommendations for guests for uh, joining us on this podcast. You can reach me at Ken ddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at n Saxton Lopez at s at csmpc.com. And that's n s a x t o n l o p e z at csmpc.com. And you can also support our program through Venmo and through PayPal and through a monthly subscription if you're so inclined. We do this as a labor of love, but of course it can't hurt to receive some support as well. And so that option is available to you. We also like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is a shelter system located in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can learn more about Dakin by reading a bigger description on the description for these programs. And you can also learn more about Dakin by going to dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. I have also been facilitating an online Zoom pet loss support group on the second Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. Eastern, and you're very welcome to join that. You RSVP at dakinhumane.org under programs, and there is no cost. So that is an option for you as well. The program runs from 6 to 7.30 every second Tuesday of the month, and it would be great to have you join us if that would be helpful for you. So Nancy, you want to get us started? Sure. And groups are really nice and important, and even through Zoom. I know it's mm -hmm. sometimes better to have actual folks in person, but Zoom, of course, in our day and age, has worked out as best as possible. Yep. So we've had quite a few emails and very um, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, heartwarming stories. And tonight we're going to talk about um, two. We're going to uh, talk about Tanya, who wrote in, and Alyssa. Now, Alyssa's is quite detail. So we're going to hope to get to all of it. But um, if we don't, we will continue next podcast. However, we're going to start with Tanya and I'm going to read her email. 
thanks for your, oh, thanks for your reply to my message of gratitude on Facebook Messenger. So I guess I did reply. I wanted to make sure I did. I'm listening to episode 56 with teary eyes about the person who just lost the husky. The guilt about not noticing it sooner, not taking it more seriously after the first rebound from that infection really echoed to me. My cat had similar circumstance. He had some kind of urinary blockage, but with some medication and the ultrasound that showed no visible blockage or concern, went on to live for another six months, during which he had two more vet visits, but that symptom was never discussed again. Then the tumor that was lurking beneath suddenly reared its ugly head, brought on acute kidney failure, and took my cat away. Anyway, he he passed um, after mid-June. I live alone, so he was my rock, my sole companion during all the lockdowns. We had six here in Melbourne, Australia, my love and my everything. I was a complete wreck, skipped meals, skipped necessary hygiene, forgot how to live because he was part of my everyday life. I started to become more spiritual hoping to see him again in his spirit or feel his energy. Then I started seeing signs from him. I was woken up by a sound from my bed, which was like him jumping on it. A few days after he passed, I woke up every night at around 3 to 4 a.m. for no reason, and I was always a deep sleeper. Then I kept seeing a social media post from an animal shelter about a female cat desperately looking for a home. Barely recovered from the grief, I decided to take this cat in, believing that he showed this cat to me and asked me to find the little strength I had left to love and care for another. My new cat is a 14-year-old girl, just months older than my previous cat, is visually impaired, and had feisty self-protected guard up all the t- at the time. If I went by the notion that the pet, the pet chooses us, I conclude that she wouldn't want me. But I was so adamant that it was what my cat wanted me to do. I had her on a seven-day trial due to her grumpy temperament. She was as difficult as expected. I decided to keep her nevertheless, thinking that we both need some love somehow. After I firmed up with an adoption fee, she all of a sudden became a lovingly permachine. I totally believed that she was sent to me by my late cat to teach me about loving someone unconditionally, as this new cat isn't as easy going as he was. I have to do things by her terms. I can't force kisses or cuddles on her like I could with him. I still miss him daily, and I still cry. It's only been three weeks since I lost him, but having her really helps restore some routines which tragically disappeared after my cat died. The problem, though, is that some friends don't want to make peace with my idea of adopting her or my belief that my late cat sent her to me or that there's a magical thing behind her sudden positive personality change. I don't need them to understand my reasons and my decision. I just wish that they would accept how I came to my choice and that I was having a hard time. 
One even asked me to reconsider taking her due to potential vet bills and suggested opting for a healthy kitten instead. But it isn't about having another cat to fill the emptiness. The idea that I am seeing and following signs from my late cat, that I am on this spiritual journey, seems so incomprehensible to them. I really hope that I won't lose friends during my, uh, through my grief process. Anyway, I just wanted to share to everyone that grief is very difficult. And if we're not careful, the guilt will always appear because we're the one making a decision on our pet's behalf, whether we want them to go peacefully or we want them to keep fighting. I know except that it was his time to go. My spiritual quest still goes on. I light up a candle at his shrine every night, and I still hope that he'll visit me in, in dreams soon. Lastly, a heartfelt thanks to everybody at the Pet Loss Companion once again for discussing this one disenfranchised grief. Thank you for being there for me. Your podcast validate my feeling, make me feel that I'm not alone, and some of the listener stories have me welled up and cried along, which is a good relief from this emotional turmoil. I truly appreciate all of the episodes and discussions. And that's from Tanya. Wow. Well, there's, there's so much there. And the, the first the first thing that I just wanted to underline was when she said that she was a complete wreck. She skipped meals. She mm -hmm. stopped necessary hygiene. She forgot mm -hmm. how to live. Yeah. And what she describes is that similarity between grief and depression yes. and she's describing what would be really evidence of clinical depression if it were unrelenting and it so it's just it's something to note that there's this there's this similarity and the the difference is if if you can never find moments of brightness, if you never smile, if it, it was absolutely unrelenting, then you really deserve to see a need to see a clinician. But I, I just wanted to point that out because the similarities between normal grief and clinical depression are many. That's and right. So because you can be depressed reactively, right? So yeah. if you have a loss yeah. of any kind, you could have those symptoms. But yep. you're right. There are different nuances between that and a major clinical yeah. depression. And then the, the other thing that it, it was just so powerful about this, this letter from Tanya for me is the notion of spirituality and mm -hmm. the way that she trusts what she's experiencing. So, so mm -hmm. my way of thinking about spirituality is spirituality is that which connects us to the world outside of us in a way that's positive and meaningful and purposeful. And it can take many different forms and our relationships, our relationships with our, with our animal companions, with our friends, with our family members, with our loved ones are really core to our spirituality because they are almost by definition, our connection to that, which is greater than ourselves, that which mm -hmm. surrounds us, that which gives us joy and meaning and all that stuff. And so this is a woman who, who understands that really. That's right. Really powerfully. She understands it and she trusts it. She trusts 
She did trust getting from this larger circle outside of herself. And she trusts what she understands the messages, the gut feelings that she's getting. The the, signs she got, right? Yeah, the experiences of of you know feeling the the her her deceased pet near her and on her bed and uh, Mm -hmm. other ways that and and it's very beautiful and it's also something that she has the fortitude to hold on to those messages despite the fact that there are people around her who are telling them to to discard them and and one of the messages that i'd like to to give to listeners tonight and 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 we've talked about this before is it is never a good idea to to judge for other people to judge what we're experiencing the meaning that we are taking from what we're experiencing it will only put some distance between us and them it's generally meant to be helpful but when somebody says something like why don't you adopt a healthy kitten instead of this cat, which clearly has extraordinary spiritual meaning for her. That's right. It's such a, it's such a unfortunate decision. Let's put it that way. No, I get it. And also the vet bills. Oh my God. First of all, how amazing that she's taking a 14 year old cat. Right. And then for her, I mean, understand, I mean, she's, her friends looking out for her financial, you know, um, situation, but really the vet bills, you know, that's, that's hard. (laughs) Obviously she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So she made a decision about that. And here's somebody second guessing it and saying, you know, why don't you just get a healthy kitten? And meanwhile, Tanya is experiencing what feels like, an extremely powerful, almost like tra- what I'm ex- what I'm thinking away from this. It's a transformative gift, this new relationship, because yes. she reads it as not every relationship is what is my way, like all the time. Like this other cat was extremely malleable; like she could pick mm-hmm. it up and. She could pick him up and nuzzle him and hold him. And, you know, which is actually in my, in my experience, a little, almost a little rare with cats. My experience with cats is generally that, you know, they, they want to be held and loved sometimes, but not always. And then they're around, get away. <laughs> not always. And there are limits. Like my, my current animal companion <laughs> who happens to be a cat is you know she's kind of temperamental. She come up, she'll come up, and she's like head butting me and rubbing against me and whatnot. And I'll start scratching her behind her neck, and you know. But I got to be watchful because at a certain point she may decide that she's had enough very abruptly. In fact, and then she's gone, <laughs> and, and she's gone, or she might make it known. Me. And you know, it, I mean, not she's not going to try to hurt me, but she's going to set a limit, <laughs> and. And so this and cat. She, and, she, and she worked with, with her, right? I mean, yeah. it, she knew going in that yes. it's amazing. It's almost transitional. She's taking this cat that had so many or some issues and was difficult. Yeah. And she knew that. But it was a transitional object in some ways because she really believed that her cat said, you need to do this. Yeah. 
this yeah. cat really needs you. Yeah. I think that that's just so amazing. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's it's a it's it's a it's an important story. I think it really mm -hmm. is because it it also shows you the the expansive generosity mm -hmm. that she has and that I, I you know I just think is admirable. Yes. Because not not everybody can do that, and I can and I'll tell you that I I I know you can do that. Like you. <laughs> take in animals yes, that need, that need extraordinary the, the measures. <laughs> I, I don't have that in me. It's not something that, that feels like it fits for me. Mm -hmm. And so I admire you and Tanya, people who can and do do that because otherwise animals like this cat who she adopted might not have a future. Right. And, That's right. and your and your dog who has the who has the uh, seizure disorder and you know your other dog who has yes. the paraplegia <laughs> and you know I mean there this is remarkable stuff. So, well, we appreciate that. <laughs> but, it also talks to Tanya about Tanya's. You know, she is she was so connected to mm -hmm. the cat that died, right? It was her and him. Yeah. She lived alone with him. They were a couple. They were comrades. They were companions. And, and so in doing this, I think it made her feel really good because she really believed that he's, he sent her, this cat to her. And so we need to talk a little bit about, though, how to deal with people that mean well. Yeah, that's that's but, that's a good point. But they, but they don't. You know, yeah. they they, they yeah. want to, and yeah. I think that they feel that they're saying something that might be helpful, but that's not sometimes the case. Yeah, because she actually says, "I really hope that I won't lose friends, friends right. through my grief," and I mean, I. On the one hand, what I think immediately my reactivity to that is, well, if you were to lose them because they couldn't dictate to you what you should do, what you should do, then, you know, maybe that's an okay thing. <laughs> I mean, we want the people in our lives to be respectful toward us. Right. And, and so that's the, the so the, if somebody were actually to move like to disconnect from her because she didn't follow their guidance well that that's an incredibly controlling posture for that person to take and, and we really hope that Tanya's friends you know come back to her or begin to understand where she is or she can connect to them. I mean, it's their relationships and she connected to them in maybe a different way. But, you know, part of being a friend is not to necessarily have very strong, you know, um, opinions in the context of, of dictating, let's say, right. especially in grief. Yeah. And listen, she has yeah. a shrine, right? She, she lights the candle. Yeah, she lights the candle. You know, routine that keeps her that that signifies her connection mm -hmm. to her cat who she lost. And you know, it, another thing that that it's really important for friends to do is to not feel like their way of 
experiencing their spirituality is the only way or is the better way. And it's just very important, I think, for people to respect one another. Obviously, there's many different ways that we can understand and practice our spirituality. And it is a very closed mind, in my opinion, when somebody says, well, it's my way is the only way. <laughs> and, and, and there are unfortunately a lot of people. There's a lot of people like that. Of course, we're seeing that in the, in the public sphere way too much these days in our, in our country. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but I mean, hopefully if she is experiencing what she also describes as, as I think magic, yeah. well, then that's great. That's the way yeah, I look at it. Nice. You know, it may not be the way some of her friends experience it, and they may they may feel like it's hard for them to believe or understand. But then that's what friendship exactly. includes: is saying, "Well, that's not the way I experience it, or that's not the way I see it, and that's not that's not my that's not my view." But I respect the fact that that's the way you are experiencing it and and more power to you. Like you can be supportive of a person whose experience of divinity, of faith, of spirituality is very different than yours. Let's hope. Right. Right. We all can't be. We all are not alike. No. That's what our beliefs and morals and and thoughts, feelings. So and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and like there, there are some people who will say things like, "So, so I, I'll, I'll digress a little bit." I have a friend who has four cats, and this friend is thinking that they may get more. They're thinking they may get one or two more, and wondering, is there something wrong with that? Right. And yeah. so we had a conversation about it. By the way, the people who who I work with to train my dog have five dogs and then they have, they have a shelter in their home. So they're always fostering other dogs. And the way that I think about this and, and I, and I talked with this friend about it is look, can you afford it? Is there, is there room? Is your home clean? And all of these animals live in sanitary conditions and they live in pristine (laughs) In a big house in pristine conditions. That's right. So, they so, can do whatever they'd like. Yeah, right? so, so like what would be wrong with it aside from other people maybe having judgments? Well, especially, you so, know, about the cat ladies, right? right I mean, right. you know, they're, they're you know of course, cats. I showed in my mug that says crazy cat lady. <laughs> and, you know, and unfortunately, they are some people who are... I don't know in what dimension they are mentally, but they do have a lot of animals. And unfortunately, when it, sometimes they are not taken care yeah, of. Yeah, it's a, that's a hoarding situation. Yes. That's, that's yeah. a collector, right? And then, and, and the, the distinguishing factor between that experience and what my friend was talking about and what the, the wonderful people who are doing the training with me and Hildy and sometimes board her do is that they have they have very well thought out limits Good. and they their hearts are big enough and their home is big enough and their financial security is solid enough 
that there is nothing bad or problematic for the animals and that the animals are having a wonderful life. That's right. And, and so, so that the, the idea that there's judgment about how many you can have and, and, you know, coming from other people, the way I think about that and the way I think about spirituality and many aspects of life is that's not for you to, that's not for another person to decide. And it's not for another person to issue demeaning comments or judgment. We, we have our own way. We have our own paths in this world, right? That's right. And sometimes they're quite different. Well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like grieving. I mean, everyone yeah. grieves differently. Exactly. You, know, they, yeah. you have people that are very intense and then they kind of are able to move through that. You yep. have people that are still grieving um, almost as much in six months or nine months. I mean, yep. yes, it can become complicated, but you know, but it's it's really being um, very supportive of anyone who is has that. I mean, a lot of times, remember when people would come to the group and people was and their loved ones would say, "Are you still going to that group?" Yes, yeah. You know? I mean, there'd be a point. There'd be quite a bit of friction sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's helpful. It's that's why they're there, because yeah. again, we have uh, the you know animal loss can be. Um, somewhat disenfranchised because there are people out there who just don't understand. They it. don't understand it. And not only do they don't understand it, they seek to impose judgments based in their view on others. And that's where you get into trouble. It's one thing to not understand it and say, behold the difference and to actually perhaps learn from that, that we go through this process differently. Yeah. And that's the way that, we, we gain wisdom as we move through our own lives. We see that people experience loss differently okay. and there's no right way and there's no wrong way to, to do it. And yeah, so. And we have so different important. cultures, right? We have a lot of people from different countries who listen yeah. to the podcast yeah. and every, you know, religion or every culture have different ways of breathing. And so and it's, it's just having the ability to, to have your own journey and it's hard and it doesn't feel good, but there are people out there that are supportive. Yeah. So we want to really thank Tanya for this story because it opened up a, a, a really important discussion, I think about spirituality and about differences mm -hmm. and, and about judgment and how it, it just doesn't help to impose judgment mm -hmm. on, you know, so many times People feel like they're trying to be helpful by telling others what to do. Well, because I and and part of that is that they may not they may not be comfortable with the pain. They may yeah. not be comfortable yeah. with their own journey. They yep. it may bring up yep. um, Good point. You know, issues for themselves yep. that are uh, that are awkward or uncomfortable. And so we have to recognize that too, although it doesn't feel good for the person who is grieving to have someone, you know, kind of say, well, I don't understand or why are you doing that? And you should. Yeah. Do this. So yeah. it's all about that grieving and we all still and, don't do, and, do it really well. And healing and, and doing it in whatever way suits you and having hopefully a circle of love and support that sustains you through it. So 
again, I, I guess we're not going to get to Alyssa. Alyssa, we'll, we'll get to you next week, dear. <laughs> we'll save her for next week. And but, she, you know, thank you. she has a great story that mm -hmm. it'll be, it'll be helpful. It'll be helpful for people to hear. And again, we thank Tanya greatly for, for this. Everyone take care. Hope you stay cool. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Nancy. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.